So why don't I pray before uh, we get into the Bible reading? Dear Holy Father, thank you so much for um, for technology and for um, this opportunity to gather as your people um, under your word, uh, but over this interesting medium. Um, thank you for your sovereignty um, in this time uh, that we can trust um, in your goodness um, and your faithfulness uh, towards us, even though um, times are a little uncertain at the moment. I uh, pray that uh, you will uh, help us to, uh, to continue to trust in you and um, in the wonderful gift of uh, salvation uh, that we receive as your people. Um, pray uh, all these things um, in your name. Amen. John chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I'm going to the Father, they kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because the time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe? Jesus replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let me ask you uh, a question. What brings you joy? What brings you joy? I wonder if it's sport, seeing your team win a nail-biter. Or does a performance bring you joy? The opera, seeing live music or even a child's play. Is it an art gallery, seeing amazing pieces of art, both modern and old? Is it nature, new experiences, travel, fitness? Are these the things that bring you joy? Well, you see, finding joy in these things usually uh, brings out an emotional response. It's an emotional type of joy. I see this thing and I feel joy. But what happens when that's taken away? Like you find joy in your team uh, when they win, but what about when they lose? 
Or better still, what happens when a pandemic hits the world and there is no longer any live sport anywhere? Or in fact, many of the things we may have found joy, we are unable to do them at the moment. And in fact, it may be like this for months, a year even, as we head towards or are encouraged to lock down. Doesn't mean that we are stuck with our joy until we have been released uh, from our homes. But you see, finding joy in these things that are linked to our emotions, well, they are short-lived and they don't last. They will let you down as things don't meet your expectations or we can't do them like the, the phase of life we find ourselves in. But you see, our passage this morning uh, it really shows us that we can have real joy, a real lasting joy. It's not short-lived. It is not based on emotion or experience, uh, but it's a joy that we can have in the good times, but also in the difficult times, like the times we find ourselves in. And this is a lasting joy that can never be taken away. It is true and lasting joy no matter what the circumstances. And how good is that in light of the times we find ourselves in? Well, we're going to see this in three ways today. The first is that um, uh, joy can't be taken away. Second, our joy is complete. And third, we'll see joy despite our circumstances. Well, the first one there, joy cannot be taken away. Well, it's the the last night before Jesus' betrayal and death. And we've been prepared, and he, Jesus, has been preparing his disciples for his impending uh, departure. This is what we've kind of been looking at for the last couple of months as a church. And we see here in verse 16 that Jesus says, in a little while you won't see me anymore. Uh, And then he goes on to say, then you will see me. And Jesus explains what this means in verse 20. He says this, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned to joy. Jesus here, he's talking about his forthcoming impending death. It is in a little while. He's hours away from being lifted up onto the cross where he will die an agonizing death in our place. And notice the emotions of the disciples here. How are they going to feel? They're going to weep. They're going to mourn. They're going to grieve. You see, the disciples are going to find this really hard. Jesus dies, his departure. They're going to feel great sorrow and distress at this. But do notice in verse 20, in a little while, your grief will be turned to joy. And this this is the resurrection. You see, after his grueling death three days later, Jesus would, he did rise from the grave and he presented himself to the disciples. It's all the pain and grief, although it was deep, well, their grief would be turned to joy. You see, there would be much joy for the disciples as their Lord and friend rises uh, from the dead. And Jesus uses childbirth as an illustration have a look there uh, from verse 21 a woman giving birth to a child has great pain because her time has come but when her baby is born she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born 
into the world. While labor and childbirth are painful, a natural pain, my wife kept on reminding herself during the birth of our children, a natural pain that sees a baby produced in the end. And it's a real pain and difficulty. But this can be, can be forgotten as the child enters the world and the baby is put into the mother's arms. You see, we've got to remember that the time that Jesus is speaking, this is before modern day painkillers and epidurals and the like. This is real pain that Jesus is talking about that is forgotten once the child's in hand. You see, it leads, the real pain leads to great joy. Uh, and so Jesus says in verse 22, so with you. You see, just like the mother, the disciples will feel great pain and anguish at Jesus' death. And just like the mother, it will be short-lived because there will be great joy afterwards. And so Jesus says, now is your time of grief. You see, Jesus brings their grief into the present. First, he said that in a little while it would happen. He's eliminated that. He's brought it into the now. Now their grief is upon them. And it makes sense. Jesus is only hours away from, from dying, that grueling death, as he departs in a few hours. But, again, verse 22, but now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. You see, Jesus will die, but see, they're going to see him again. There will be much, much rejoicing. It'll be so much joy. And in fact, that joy can never be taken away. Even though there will be great trouble and tribulation, as we'll see in verse 33, we'll see no one can take away this joy. Jesus is talking about lasting joy, not a temporary joy of attending a gallery or some sports, sports event but an everlasting joy that cannot be taken or snatched away. It is a lasting joy because the resurrection, Jesus rising from the grave, confirms that all that Jesus has promised has come true. Jesus has defeated death. He has dealt with sin. Forgiveness is ours who trust him. Jesus has, as he's told them, prepared a place for them in heaven and he is going to take them with him and he will send the Holy Spirit and through him will the Father and the Son, they live in us. We have, we will have, we have eternal life. You see, Jesus rising from the dead really confirms that all the things he's been speaking about in the last couple of chapters, in fact, through the whole book, he shows that all these promises are true. And these bring everlasting joy, an everlasting joy that can never be taken away from us, for us who believe in him. How wonderful is this joy? We have been saved by faith through the Lord Jesus. We are dead in our sins. We have been saved through faith. We have been declared righteous in his sight. We have an eternal hope that can never be taken away. What everlasting joy this is. But do we lack this kind of joy? Have we forgotten that this eternal joy that Jesus has achieved for us? 
because of our current circumstances, COVID-19, have we, have we forgotten this reality? Forgotten these wonderful truths that arouse? Have we become so self-focused and concerned for our own safety and our loved ones that we forget about this joy that is ours, a joy that can never be taken away? And so let me encourage you, if that is you, to meditate. Meditate on the things that Jesus has done. The things that Jesus has done that has brought us everlasting joy. And so I reckon now is a really good time uh, to, to take, a, take a short break. We're going to break up into different groups. Dan's going to uh, organise. It's kind of at random, so uh, we kind of will just get paired uh, with each other. Uh, if you're visiting us, it's wonderful to have you with us. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable engaging in a breakout room, please do turn off your camera. But for everyone else, uh, can I encourage you to leave your camera on, uh, unmute yourself, introduce yourself to each other if you don't know each other very well, uh, and, and, ask this, and answer this question. How can we remind each other of this everlasting joy? How can we remind each other of this everlasting joy? Thanks, Dan. So while Jesus died, he did die, <clears throat> three days later, uh, he rose from the grave and he confirmed that all his promises were true. And that gives believers, those who trust in the Lord Jesus, eternal joy and that joy can never be taken away. Well, that was the first point. <clears throat> that was the first point this morning. Our joy cannot be taken away. And the second is that our joy, well, it is complete our joy is complete we see that in verse 24 but let's just uh, uh look back from verse 23 and read from there in that day you will no longer ask me anything very truly i tell you my father will give you whatever you ask in my name until now you have not asked for anything in my name ask and you'll receive and your joy will be complete you see in the resurrection age from Jesus' resurrection until he returns in glory, that is the resurrection age, uh, that is the time that we are currently living in, that is the day, that day is uh, from verse 23. In that day, now we have access to God. We have a relationship with God the Father. We have complete access to him because Jesus, through his death and resurrection, he has opened up the way that we can have complete access to God the Father. And while when the disciples were with Jesus, uh, hanging out with him, and they asked him many, many, many questions, uh, after he's risen, Jesus tells them, well, they won't need to ask him anything. We say in verse 23 and 27, instead, we will have direct access to God the Father, and we can speak to him through the Son. And it's kind of like you have a workplace where you have a boss that you don't uh, see and you don't have direct contact with. But the boss has a personal assistant. Uh, and so if you need to contact that boss, will you contact the, the personal assistant first and then you speak to them and then, and then you'll be able to get through to the person that you need to, the boss you need to speak to. But then you get promoted. So you get promoted and your former boss actually becomes a fellow peer with you. And because of that, well, you don't need to contact her now through the personal assistant. You have her direct line. She's a peer, so you can contact her directly. And I reckon that's what's going on for Christians. We have a direct line to God the Father through Jesus and all that he has accomplished for us. You see, in verse 27, the Father shows us that he loves us because we have loved Jesus and believed in him 
And so this has opened the way for us to speak directly to God. And so we don't need to go to a a special place to speak with God. We don't need to go to a, a temple. We don't need to go to Jerusalem. We don't need to go to a cathedral or even a church building. We don't need to speak to God through someone else either, through a priest, through Mary, through a saint, or even through me. We have direct access to God ourselves and we can ask him, anything Uh, verse 23 says very truly i tell you my father will give you whatever you ask in my name until now you have not asked for anything in my name and you will ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete now we might hear that and think sweet how good is that i want to on a fancy car on a really nice house with a water slide uh and we might think of god as a bit of a genie you know, if we, if we rub the, the special lamp, well, then we can get all that we want. God will give us all that we want and need. But you see, I think that we see the clues there in verse 25. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. You see, this, I think, is the role of the Holy Spirit. This is the, the, what we've seen in the last previous couple of weeks. So I've got a couple of slides there. The Spirit's the one who will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. And he will, again, guide you into all the truth. You see, the Holy Spirit's the one who will work within the disciples, both then and, and now us, to understand The Spirit helps us understand what Jesus taught about the Father that we can understand plainly. And so for us today, it's the Word of God. You see, the disciples were minded and guided by the Holy Spirit and were inspired by the Spirit to write the words of Scripture. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us understand the Father plainly, verse 27. And he's done it by bringing us to faith that we now understand. In fact, we understand more now than the disciples ever did. They were confused. They were lost. They didn't understand. And yet because of the work of the Spirit in our lives, well, we can understand the Father plainly. And so we have direct access to the Father. We can speak to him about anything. And in our speech, as we speak to God, as we pray to God, well, it's to be driven by God's word. You see, our prayers and our speech, it is to be shaped by God's word. And so for Christians, we have a a direct relationship with God. We have complete access, a direct access to him. And so it's in light of knowing God's word, knowing God's will, that we have access to him. And so we speak God's word back to him. We respond to to God's word in prayer and pray God's thoughts after him. And this is a wonderful gift that God has given us. We have direct access to the Father. We have a direct line. And we have the words of God in front of us on the pages of Scripture. In, In the Scriptures we see what God loves. We see what God hates. And because of that, well, we can be driven by what he, what he likes and hates, that, that, that we can speak those words back to him. We can pray God's thoughts to him. 
This is a wonderful gift we have as believers that we have direct access to God the Father and that we can pray to him. But I wonder, have we lost sight of this wonderful gift? Do we take it for granted? Or have we become prayerless or so self-focused in our prayers? One of the most helpful things I've, I've heard this week and I've heard many things, that in light of the, the current COVID-19 uh, situation uh, that we currently are living in, someone said it's really important that we listen well, we pray well, and we love well. We are to listen well. We are to read God's word and be shaped by it and be, reminding, be reminded of God's perspective of all things happening in the world instead of just being fixated and, and just listening to the news feed and all the things that are kind of happening around the world, maybe causing us more and more anxiety. Instead, we need to listen well to be listening to God's word and letting that shape our thinking, to let that shape the way that we read our news feed. We are to pray well and to, as we are to listen well and pray well, to pray in line of God's word, to pray God's thoughts after him. If we're listening well, we will pray well. Something I was encouraged many years ago, and I, and I really liked it. Uh, it was such a helpful thing. It was let the word, let the Bible shape your prayers and let your prayers be shaped by the word. Let the Bible shape your prayers and let the Bible uh, and let your prayers be shaped by the word. May that be an encouragement to you this morning. We're going to go back into our breakout, group, uh, breakout rooms and uh, we're going to ask this question. Have we, do we take this wonderful gift, this, this direct access to God, do we take that for granted? How can we remind each other of this wonderful gift? Thanks, Dan. Excellent. Well, we've seen that our joy can't be taken away. Uh, we've seen that our joy is complete because we have complete access to the Father. We pray God's thoughts, God's word to him. And finally, we'll see that we see that no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, we still have joy. You see, Jesus knows that his disciples, verse 32, will scatter. They will temporarily defect. They will abandon and leave Jesus. Jesus knows that. But see, he looks beyond their collapse. He looks to their restoration and their return. He expects a speedy recovery. And he ends with some words of encouragement. Verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, these things refer to all the things that have been spoken about since chapter 13, all the things we've looked at this year uh, in John's gospel. And while they don't understand now, once Jesus raises from, from the dead, it will give, he, they will have great peace. Like joy, they will have peace. And they will have peace and joy despite... The trouble, do you see that in verse 33? In this world, you will have trouble. There will be hardship. There will be real and difficult pain, trouble, tribulation. And yet, even while this takes place, we have peace. We have 
joy. And joy and peace gives us uh, composure during these times of difficulty. They will help dissolve our fear. Verse 33 again, take heart, says Jesus. I have overcome the world. You see, how do we keep going despite the trouble and hardships we face? Well, we must remember the peace and joy we have. We have peace and joy because Jesus has overcome the world. In the cross, in his death and resurrection, he triumphed over sin and evil. He was victorious, conquering the world. And we have joy and peace regardless of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. You see, the Apostle Paul, uh, he faced great difficulty being locked up in prison and great hardship, as we see in 2 Corinthians. There's a list of all the difficult things that he kind of went through. And yet he had joy. He had joy regardless of how he was treated. And that is the same for us. Regardless of the situation that we find ourselves in, we have peace, we have joy. And that is really important to remember, particularly in, t- in light of the, the current crisis in which we find ourselves in. Despite COVID-19, we have joy. We have peace. And this joy, as we saw earlier, it cannot be taken away from us. How comforting are these words of Jesus here? Uh, he lovingly warns us there will be hardships. There will be trouble. There will be pandemics. And and how helpful is this to remember in light of the bigger picture to help us remember the the bigger picture of the things that we are facing in this uh, current moment. There is joy. There is peace. But see, even though we have joy and we have peace, it doesn't take away from the fact that what we're going through is hard. It will cause us great pain. It is difficult. We will feel great sorrow and sadness and grief at the current situation we find ourselves in. We can and will feel stress and anxiety about it. This physical distance thing is, it's hard. It's great that we're not socially disconnected. We are physically, it's just the physical distance. and, And that is hard. Things aren't what they were. Things have changed dramatically. The way that we shop is different. The way that we work is different. In fact, some of us uh, may have even lost work and being faced with positions and things that we've, we've never been done before. You see, all this newness and change is actually quite hard and draining. I know that I'm finding, feeling it. Uh, I, I'm exhausted. I'm finding work, although, although I'm able to continue doing the things I was able to do because of this difference, because of this new environment in which we live, uh, it, it's draining. It's, it's different. It's, it, it's hard. And yet God's words this morning is a real refreshing reminder. Regardless of the circumstances in which we find ourselves in, we have joy. And this joy cannot be taken away from us. I started by asking, what brings you joy? And as much as life has been turned upside down, I pray that you will find joy in Jesus. You see, the the things of this world will fade. They will let us down. But the joy we have in Jesus can never be taken away. And if you don't have this joy, if you don't know this joy that Jesus offers, 
well, now is a great time to investigate him further because knowing Jesus and the salvation that he offers when we trust in him is amazing because even in a, in a joyless society in which we live in a, in a difficult, hard place that we lived at the moment, we can have true joy. We can have peace. We can have hope despite the situation we find ourselves in. So let me encourage you to look to Jesus to find your joy. Brothers and sisters, what a great encouragement we've had this morning to to be reminded of the joy that is ours through Christ. Uh, It cannot be taken away. Uh, It is complete. And and we have joy regardless of the situation we find ourselves in. Let's, Let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Father God Almighty, we want to thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for all that his death and resurrection has achieved. We thank you that in light of it, all the promises that he made are true, that we can trust what he says is true. We thank you that we are are saved, that we have uh, forgiveness, that we are declared righteous in your sight. Uh, that, that Jesus has prepared a home for us in, in heaven, that he will take us uh, there to, to be with him. We thank you so much that uh, you, he, you have given us uh, the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us, helping us be reminded of these things so we can know you plainly. Father, we pray that in light of knowing all of these truths, that you would help us have joy. This is our joy, regardless of the situations we find ourselves in. Father, as we find things difficult and, and hard and, and, and we will continue to, to do so, please please help us remember and put things in perspective and to remember the great joy we have in Jesus. Father, help us listen well and pray well in light of, uh, in light of the joy that is ours through Christ. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.